podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Well, one, some decent ones. So we're back in Copeland Studio, but first, uh, let's talk about my bookie. <laughs> well, let me tell you this. Ever since we started this, folks have been listening to our picks, and as you're going to hear later on the show, we're not necessarily the best. But if you think you got winners, you need to head to my bookie. That's right, my bookie. You win, they pay. If you use our code BOYS25, they're going to match every dollar up to 1000 and then tack on an extra 25 That means for 1000 bucks, you have 2025 bucks to pick winners. And I should have stuck with my instinct and said, bet it all on the Chiefs to beat the uh, Steelers. Uh, but remember, you go to my bookie. When you win, they pay. They have the best perks. You can even bet on over-unders on fantasy football because, you know, it's fantasy season. And they have the best player perks in the business. It's the only place I would send our loyal boneheads to. Yeah, they've got in-game betting as well. So go ahead and join my bookie today. Uh, they'll match your deposit dollar for dollar for up to 1000 bucks 25. Use our promo code, capital B-O-Y-S, 25. Got to do it. The moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Ooh, Bosco's boys. Come on, boys. Back in Copeland Studios, baby. Let's start it off. As we usually do, beer the pod, and this is going to be your beer for sure. Yeah, this is mine. It's the uh, Voodoo Ranger Imperial IPA from New Belgium. Uh, honestly, when I opened this beer, it smelled like you're walking down a citrus aisle uh, at the grocery store. A big hot punch to the face. It's a good old Imperial IPA. I like it. You're rocking with a Bud Light because you have to be a responsible dog owner after we're done with this. Yes, that's right. I have a vet appointment. I can't be rocking a 10% alcohol beer right now although that sounds nice after the day i've had but hey let's move on um it's going to be the same same as usual so we're gonna you're gonna give us a weekly roundup of k-state athletic news and then we're gonna jump into the west virginia primer yeah, and our, the k-state primer yeah we, you guys have a great treat for the primers this week we got our buddy coleman to do the west virginia primer he was the, our guest for the west virginia preview back during the non-con series and Great friend of the pod, Swaggy B, Brian Smoller, giving you guys the K-State primer. It's one of the best we've ever had. Uh, so buckle up and uh, learn a little bit about our opponent and get ready for the game. And when we come back to you, we're going to do the Ask Bosco questions. All right. We'll be right back. And we're back with your Wildcat wrap-up to talk about what's been going on since we last spoke. The volleyball team swept UMKC and then beat Green Bay. Uh, but sadly could not take on their biggest test of the season as their game versus number seven Minnesota got canceled due to a heat advisory in the volleyball tournament being played in an unair-conditioned arena. They do get going in Big 12 play on Wednesday, taking on the number five Texas Longhorns in Ahern Fieldhouse. That's a 6 p.m. start, and it's going to be broadcast live on ESPNU. Afterwards, they'll be taking on Oklahoma down on the road, and that game tips at 7 p.m. You can watch it on Soonersports.tv or listen to it on K-Man. We had two honors in the volleyball world where senior Kaylee Zumach 
and freshman Gloria Mutri both got Big 12 honors. The senior for Offensive Player of the Week and Gloria for Rookie of the Week. Congrats to them and be sure to give them all the support as they're off to a red hot start. The soccer teams split their game since we last spoke, losing 0-1 versus Missouri State, but then rebounding to take on Tulsa, beating them 3-0. They begin Big 12 play with two home games over this weekend. Friday, they start at 7 p.m. versus the number 15th ranked Cowgirls of Oklahoma State. It's Buck Night, so you can get dollar tickets and dollar concessions. So get out there and watch Dabini and his squad take on a ranked opponent. And that's going to be broadcast live on ESPN3 and 101.5 K-Rock. Sunday at 1 p.m., they're taking on the Sooners. That is going to be on FCS Central kstatehd.tv and 101.5 k-rock after the game there is going to be team autographs so get out there so you can pick up a little bit of memorabilia bill snyder's weekly press conference heaps tons of praise on west virginia and their quarterback will greer throwing just about as many accolades on someone as you possibly can He did make news saying that Elijah Sullivan should be able to play this week, but we did hear that last week, and as we all know, he did not play. He did say to expect Justin Hughes to get a little more playing time at linebacker, and that sure would be a very welcome sight from this podcaster. Be sure to stay tuned as we have two great primers for you. First, Coleman, our West Virginia buddy, and then Swaggy B from KSAHD.TV. Thanks again for tuning in, you guys. Hey, Boneheads. It's your favorite coal-grabbing Mountaineer fan, Coleman Mullins here. Uh, My handle is at CW242 on Twitter. And I'm back to give you your West Virginia Mountaineer primer. So let's get it started. Uh, Coming into the game with a... Fighting Snyder Cats. Uh, the Mountaineers are sitting at 2-0 and currently. They started the season out against Tennessee with a drubbing of the Volunteers in Charlotte because the SEC is too afraid to play a Power 5 opponent at home. So they beat Tennessee 40-14. to And then in a very rainy game two weeks ago, um, Beat Bo Pelini's Youngstown State 52-17 to uh, fairly easily. So current injuries that we might want to look at. Uh, linebacker Charlie Benton is out for the season. That's uh, a bit of a hit because there's not much depth left there for us. So that's going to be something to pay attention to throughout the season. Um, other than that... We're at 2-0, and as I mentioned, because, as most people should be aware, there was a bit of a storm that came through this past weekend. West Virginia was scheduled to play NC State, and as of now, that game is postponed indefinitely. I haven't heard that they're going to make that up in any way, shape, or form. I believe NC State, as the home team, has the power to decide what they're going to do there. So, no idea yet, but as of now, that's a canceled game. Excuse me. So let's get into some strengths and weaknesses real quick. Um, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but WVU seems to have some depth and it is refreshing. Uh, Offensive and defensive side of the ball, 
there's there's depth to be had and used, and it's exciting to see finally in Mountaineer Field. Uh, weaknesses, I could say this for the past five years, it's going to be the secondary. Um, it looks like the defensive line has finally figured some things out and doing some good stuff there. But if you can get into the secondary, you're going to give Mountaineers problems. Key players, offensive and defensive. Um, it's easy to mention Will Greer with the highlights he's getting, but he, he's got to be the guy. He's throwing over 75% completions through his first two games. Yes, I'm aware it's a rebuilding Tennessee and Youngstown State, but that Youngstown State game, I was there. It was miserable, and he was still throwing beautiful passes. So Will Greer, uh, his thoroughbred running backs, we've got four running backs that finally give us some depth and options rather than just throwing the ball downfield all the time. And it's nice to see a, a well-balanced offense in Morgantown again. Defensive uh, player that you need to watch out for, uh, USC transfer uh, Kenny Bigelow. He had some serious highlights against the Tennessee team that it just came out of nowhere and I think kind of knocked them knocked them on their heads before they realized what was happening. So, I mean, Kenny Bigelow, David Long Jr., who I mentioned in the preseason, uh, he, he had 13 tackles two weeks ago. He's just all over the field and constantly somebody you got to watch out for. Most important thing for uh, a Mountaineer win, uh, we've got to establish and use a run game against you all. Um, everybody knows the Mountaineers can pass, but if you've got to pay attention to Will Greer, his wide receivers, and three or four running backs, it, it may be a little more than you all can handle on Saturday. Uh, defense is going to be the, the, the defensive line just keeps working as well as they have been. It's been a pleasant surprise. They are stuffing people at the line and it's, it's just a beautiful sight. So if we can, we can keep that line working well, we're going to have to be beaten in the secondary, which if you can get there, you can beat us that way. And that's what you're going to have to do. Um, so looking forward to the game this weekend. I uh, won't be able to make it myself, but I will keep an eye on it. And you can at me at CW242 on Twitter if you got any smack talk for me. So good luck to you all this weekend and looking forward to a great game. This is Brian Smolder from K-State HDTV and K-State Sports here to give you your K-State primer for the Wildcats Big 12 opener in Morgantown against West Virginia. The Wildcats are 2-1 thanks to a much-needed 41-17 beatdown of UTSA last weekend. The Wildcat offense showed some consistency behind Skylar Thompson. The defense was able to lock down an overmatched opponent while the game was still in the balance. And then when the game wasn't, the Wildcats built some positional depth. While not all demons were exercised by the win, the Cats seem to be trending the right way. Notably, Bill Snyder's decision to name Skylar Thompson as the number one quarterback seemed to have a calming effect for the redshirt sophomore. Whether that was coincidental due to the opponent or not, Thompson posted his best game of the year, leading the Wildcats to an average of over seven yards per play while he was running the show. To be that efficient on offense means big plays, or at the very least, big wins up front at the point of attack. 
Now, the Cat offensive line would probably tell you they're not to the level they need to be or where they want to be, but they did show some signs of getting there against UTSA. Conversely, the defense also showed some encouraging signs against the Roadrunners with different looks, blitzes, and some pressures. Missed tackles, though, still plague this unit that, even looking back, a few effective stops here and there could notably change the reputation and numbers for Blake Siler's squad. So where do we stand heading into Big 12 play with West Virginia? I'll still maintain the key to successful football lies in the trenches. So winning the point of attack on both sides of the ball can make for a lopsided affair. Exhibit A, K-State against Mississippi State. Cats didn't, and look what happened. For the Wildcats against UTSA, the offensive line performance is encouraging, and now that must continue against the unique 3-3-5 look of West Virginia and the myriad of different rushers that can come Skylar Thompson's way. On the defensive side, the front four of K-State must create havoc for Heisman hopeful Will Greer. If given too much comfort in time, Greer will pick apart even the best secondary. So is picking the offensive line and defensive line as the key players for Saturday, by the way, a cop-out? Of course it is. What did you expect? I'm not Kellis or Kurtz over here. Truthfully, the path for K-State and a win at West Virginia lies in how it starts the game. A quick start could put a seed of doubt in the mind of the Mountaineers as to how good they really are, or perhaps that maybe they're just rusty. It could give the Wildcats all the advantage they need. We know with Skyler at the helm that four of the last six Wildcat wins have seen the Cats rally from down 10 points or more. A great stat and a good belief that you're never out of a game, but it's not a recipe for sustained success. So the message to K-State, be a front runner. Get out ahead by one or 15 touchdowns and let Barnes and company do their thing and keep Greer on the sidelines with long, sustained drives. Boring, I know, but hey, boring wins, right? Boring wins. That said, in the end, I do think it'll be a fun one. A good measuring stick to see if K-State truly has course-corrected with their performance against UTSA as they go up against one of the Big 12 title contenders. Safe travels for all the Wildcat fans headed up to Morgantown, and we'll see you in the Little Apple for the Hall of Fame game against Texas on the 29th. This is Brian Smolder. All right, Swaggy B. From K-State HDTV and K-State Sports, reminding you that always, above all others, regardless of outcome, Cats. Welcome back, folks. Um, thanks to Coleman and Mr. Sexy Bald Brian Smoller for giving us our primers. Now we're going to hop into the Ask Bosco question. Scott, start us off with number one. Yep, so at KStateKC on Twitter, he came by the uh, Bosco's Boys tailgate. I found out he's the best friend of one of my cousins, so it's small world. He asked, what is your I- ideal temperature for kickoff? It definitely wasn't that 92 degrees we had last Saturday. Was it only 92? Because it yeah. felt like it was like 105. Uh, well, and that's the sitting on the east side difference. Woof, at least for me. I don't it know. It was dreadful. I was, that game I was on the east. You were on the east? It was absolutely Woof. terrible. That but, was horrible. Man, I am partial to like a nice, cool game. I like 50s to slow 60s, and I like to wear a jacket, long pants. It just feels more like football to me. So th- this is funny. And uh, before we started this podcast, I didn't think we thought uh, you know, I didn't think we were on the same wavelength until we answer questions like this. My, my my exact answer, and you can read it, I wrote down 55 degrees to wear a crew neck sweatshirt and some chinos or jeans and a ball cap if you want. Then anything's in play when you're tailgating, drink or food-wise. So we're really on the same w- wavelength. I have 60 degrees written down, but I was so close to putting 55. Like, 
I almost erased it, but um, yep. that's a good question. I like that one. Well, um, and then the uh, the same one in uh, Michael23 from Wabash Canball, he also came to the tailgate. And ironically, I actually think he's the exact same person as K-State KC on Twitter. So <laughs> he got two questions and did it two different medians. So, again, that comes clever. From, yeah, he is clever. This is from Wabash Cannonball, the Reddit uh, official uh, K-State Sports Reddit page by Big House Greg. Uh, so he asks, let's pretend K-State rolls Baylor and then goes on to beat Notre Dame in the 2012 championship. First off, oh, God, I can yeah, only on, imagine. Uh, but who, what actor would you have to play Bill Snyder in the Disney biopic about the absolute greatest turnaround in college football history? I don't know. This is kind of hard, but I've always thought that Costner would be a decent Snyder. I think they he looks like young Bill. Um, and I don't know about now. They could make him do a little makeup and maybe, maybe go the route of uh, – you know, Gary Oldman, like how he did in Churchill. Not have Gary Oldman play it, but, you know, three hours a day of makeup. He looks exactly like Winston Churchill. So maybe we'd have to do that, but I don't know. Who do you think? I went with someone on the older end, Jonathan Banks, who plays Mike in the Better Call Saul and uh, Breaking Bad. You know, oh, he's man. old, grizzly. I love Mike. He'd have to take his facial hair, and I think he's a little shorter than Bill and probably a little chunkier, so you'd have to slim down the face a little bit get rid of the goatee and put some glasses on him but i think that's the best one i came up with there's a guy in topeka that goes to bullfrogs that looks identical to bill so maybe i'd have to get his number and shout out to him, him. get him on it's the pod insane like they look like long lost twins but anyways i'll jump into our third question from lit rally k at that's at lit rally k west virginia is named the mountaineers if k-state was named after a group of people in kansas what would our nickname be I went with the uh, K-State Ranchers. Um, That's pretty good. His, his example he used was the wheat farmers. That would be pretty good. I went with ranchers, you know, uh, you know, little cattlemen-like, uh, especially back in the day you think about Dodge City to Kansas City, the cattle run. So that's what I went with, the K-State Ranchers. I don't have a good answer for this because when I was trying to figure out, I got absolutely slammed at work. But I was wanting to lean something towards, like, some sort of like free state theme, but well, the abolitionist, the yes, K State abolitionist, that would be, be a fun one. I'd back that. Maybe I, something with the, yeah, I'll go with abolitionists. I'm into that. All right, well that that's, that's another something good I can one. back. That actually was the one I was going to go with until I started going with ranchers. Um, our 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 buddy uh, at Chuck James nine one nine. How overrated is West Virginia? I said not overrated. They're the real deal. I said underrated in my opinion. Um, I mean. Looking at West Virginia, what I'm super impressed with is their defense, actually. Um, they're aggressive as hell. It looks like they've actually got the bodies. They've got the athletes this year. So I actually do think they are the real deal. Um, it's yet to be seen if Dana Holgerson is the real deal. That's why I do think we have like an outside chance of maybe making this competitive. But I think they're definitely the real deal, and they're they're underrated for sure. All right, and then we're going to close it off again with another super stud. I would say probably in the royalty of all the boneheads at the K-State fan, what player or players need to step up their game for us to have a shot at beating West Virginia? I wrote down four. I'll do my first one. I don't know how many you wrote down, but the first guy I put on there was Eli Walker. He's going to have to step up big time, especially in the pass game. Uh, we talked about it in our review pod that he is a run first safety. He lays the wood, uh, but he needs to be sound in the pass coverage if we're going to have a shot. Uh, I also wrote down four. I wrote down four names. I'm just going to name them off right now, if that's okay with you. Okay. Because well. they all go together. Okay. 
Trey Deshaun, Joe Davies, Drew Wiley, and Jordan Mitty. So you're the saying group of D tackles absolutely crucial for us to have a big game or to have a competitive game here. Um, and I'll let you finish, and then I can expand. Oh on yeah, that. no, I I had Trey Deshaun on there. I agree with you. We have to plug the middle. We have to get some pressure on the inside. You can't just surrender. You know the middle. Th- you know, three-fifths of no. the trenches. You just can't do it. I'll put Elijah Sullivan in there. We need him to be healthy. We need him on the field, and we need him to make plays. Then I also threw in Dalton Schoen. We need someone to step up as a consistent uh, wide receiver threat outside of Zuber. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be him. I'd actually personally like to see Dalvin Warmack just split out there and play in the slot. Yes. Snap in, snap out. But I think the most likely option, because I don't think we're going to play Warmack as a wide receiver the entire game, I think the most likely guy is shown. But let's kick it back to you. Give us a little bit more what you had written down for the defense tackles. Well, I think I'll just – if. Oh, no, you already said that. So we can it, oh. it, it segues perfectly basically into the keys to V because my first key to V is win the D-line battle at D-tackle. And I think it's extremely crucial to buck the trend of what the D-tackles have been doing the last few games because if they establish the run on us early it's and spread us out, over. then it's over because they're going to be able to do whatever they want in the passing game if we're trying to plug those holes. Yeah, you can't allow that for – a, a quarterback and a passing attack with like Will Greer. Yeah, because you you can't get yourself in a situation where you have to commit both linebackers and a safety to the middle of the field. If your defensive yeah. tackles can't make it, so you can spread it out. The other you know nine guys on the field. If those two can't take up the middle, then it's over. Um, and that also kind of goes into my first one. Uh, you have to win the turnover margin by two or more. Um, I don't think we've won the. Turn well. Did we turn over versus Mississippi State? Doesn't really matter. I think we both had one turnover. Okay. Well, so. we haven't we haven't won the turnover battle at least not in the two games that we won. And it was the detriment in the South Dakota game. It could have been a blowout. We might we might be feeling a lot better if we would have won the turnover battle there, um, and we didn't win it versus uh, UTSA. Um, and it can't just be by one. You have to turn them over multiple times, and you have to protect the ball. So that's my first key to be. My second key to V and our third overall actually basically ties in with <laughs> with my first one, get pressure on Will Greer. He's too good of a quarterback to be sitting in the pocket comfortably. Um, we got to get pressure from the edge, and hopefully our D tackles can at least – Win some battles, but at least put, they don't even have to be extremely. Yeah, we don't well have to be all game. over him, but just, just pop their guards and center back and get it so he he's not able to have a super clean pocket. Make yeah. him move around a little bit. Uh, I agree with you. And if all three of those things happen, I think we have a shot at the final key to V. That's holding West Virginia under thirty points. That seems like a daunting test, but if you can get the pressure, if you can plug gaps in the middle, if you can turn them over, and if we can do ball control, we can hold them under 30 points and I don't th- you're not going to win a shootout versus them if we're going to pull off a win it's going to have to look like something like a 31 24 something in, in those lines otherwise it's going to get ugly and we could also of course touch on our offensive line we're going to have to have a massive game from our offensive line in this game I mean especially this type of game because we're the type of team that wants to have some control of the clock and if we're not running if, if if it's anything like how we've ran in the last three games, it's going to be ugly. And it's going and it's going to be a look that the offensive line won't see again this year because West Virginia runs that three three five defense, which is a different look than we've seen so far, and you probably won't see anything quite like that rest of the season. So it's going to be a tough task. It's going to be uh, rough. Speaking of rough, our game picks. 
Woof. But Our bef- game picks are really bad. But before we get into that, remember, the game picks all season are going to be brought to you by my bookie. Look, boys25, that's the new code. Not only are they matching you dollar for dollar, but then you get an extra 25 bucks on top of it. If you're trying to get into the sports betting game, there isn't a better offer out there. I listen to a ton of different podcasts. I hear the competitors of my bookie. Some of them are doing a 75% match or uh, $100. This is 100% match up to 1000 bucks plus an extra 25 on top of that. It, it You really can't beat that. Yeah, I was going to say... I was going to mention to you off pod. It was like up to a thousand matching hundred percent seems like quite a lot. Plus the twenty five. It's it's yeah, insane. It's, that's a lot, and that's a lot of money to work with. So yeah, uh, go to my bookie. That's M Y B O O K I E, and use boys capital B O I S twenty five to get the that promo. It's it's the best in the biz. I'm um, speaking of best in the biz. I'm still holding that lead. It's not it's nothing to brag about because again, we're only picking winners on the year. I'm twenty three and eight. I went six and four last year. The or last week, excuse me. Uh, the boneheads that were repped by Kevin and Cinny last week. They went six and four. They're sitting at 22-9, and Grant, you're sitting at 21-10 after going 5-5. Five and five. Uh, Not great. West Virginia and North Carolina State kind of screwed us. This is the second time we've had a cancellation because we wanted to do 11 a week. Uh, second week in only, what, three weeks that we only got 10, so yeah. we have 11 on there. Uh, Not tell a great the, record. I'm yeah, on the bubble right now. You it's, are on the bubble. Not looking good. Tell the boneheads who are, are repping them this week. Uh, my father, Malcolm Copeland Esquire. So he will be doing it. So what I'll do is I will read off the game. Grant, you can give me your pick and your dad's pick, and then I will close us off. Uh, the slate starts off. Iowa State trying to bounce back, get their first win of the season versus Akron. This is an 11 a.m. kick at the Flood Dome, Jack Trice Stadium. Both me and my father have Iowa State. So do I. Uh, here's a big one. The fight in Hawks. David Beatty's Hawks. They're going to Baylor, McLean Stadium. This is 230 FS1. This is a tough one. I left this one blank almost all day. Malcolm has KU. He thinks KU is going to go into McLean Stadium and get their second road win in a decade. That's why I'm picking Baylor. I just don't know if they're – I don't know. I, for me, it's really a coin toss, but I think it's a big ask for, to ask KU to go on the road and win again. But – I went back and forth. I, too, am going to rock with Baylor. Um, I don't like doing it. I actually am really, I, I'm a big fan of Puka Williams. I, I, how can you not be? I mean, it's I, a, an elite name uh, at the very least. I know. So I And I know this is contentious amongst the boneheads, but I, if you gave me the choice, if I could choose the winner, I'd choose KU. I just I don't too. think they're going to. Um, no, I think Baylor wins this one. He, all right. So can Texas make it two in a row? This is on Big Boy Fox. DKR Texas Memorial Stadium at 3.30, a kind of obscure kick time, but it's the Horn Frogs led by Gary Patterson playing the Longhorns. Who does Mal have? The Copelands both have Texas Christian, the Frogs. Um, you know, I watch Texas. I watch them dismantle USC. I still think they're pretenders. I think USC is just real bad. I agree with you. I... I think that I think Texas is better than what they showed versus Maryland, but not good enough to beat TCU. I've been a believer in TCU the entire time. <laughs> Gary Patterson gets a win. I also think TCU is really good. I do too. Um, if it wasn't for that weird four-minute stretch where they oh got outscored, they like totally bottled it. Yeah, it was like I mean, yeah, the two minutes they had the back-to-back, like just major turnover blunders. Not good. Well, it is what it is. Um, 
The next game we have is Texas Tech. Pretty Boy is going to Stillwater, Oklahoma. Texas Tech at Oklahoma State, 6 p.m., FS1, Boone Pickens Stadium. I assume this is a sweep. Oklahoma State. Yep. It is a sweep. Sweep all around. Uh, now we're going to get into some non-Big 12 games. Michigan State, who's struggling, is going to an undefeated Indiana. This is 630 Big Ten Network at some other memorial stadium. I don't know what it's a memorial of. Probably the Indiana football program. but The uh, Copelands have Michigan State. we yeah. got Sparty. I would we, love to pick against Sparty, too. But yeah, so would I. I think they're going to get the dub. Um, they've struggled. I just, I just think Indiana's 3-0 record is uh, fake for a better lack of a better term. All right, here's an interesting one. Wisconsin goes to Iowa. This is Kinnick Stadium, 730. Big Boy Fox. Are you jumping around or are you waving to the sick kids? Malcolm has Wisconsin. Ooh. Which I think is a decent pick. But weird things happen at night at Kinnick Stadium. Um, Iowa's got a great defense. I'm going with Iowa. I'm waving to the kids, baby. I, too, am going with Iowa. I think their defense is the real deal. I think it's going to be a super boring game. There's going to be a lot of punts, but I think Iowa ends up doing it. All right, Florida going to Neyland Stadium, 6 p.m. 6 p.m. ESPN. Gators or Volunteers? Both of us got the Gators. That is a clean sweep, three for Florida. Uh, here's a fun one. I don't think that we're going to uh, go any different, but you got Lane Kiffin going to Central Florida. This is under the Friday Night Lights at Spectrum Stadium in Orlando, 6 p.m. ESPN, Central Florida, Florida Atlantic. I left this one blank for a while, too, but we did both end up with Central Florida. That's a sweep, but I think that's going to be way closer than the experts think. I could think. easily see us not getting that right. No, and, and this is why I'm going to say the line's been bouncing around super early. If, if, if this is above a touchdown, put the farm on FAU. This is going to be close. Uh, college game day, game of the week, Stanford at Oregon, Austin Stadium, 7 p.m., ABC. I got the trees, and so does Mal. Whoa, we got Malcolm and Grant going there. I'm going with Oregon. I think they get it done. That's going to be loud. It's going to be raucous. How about them ducks? And then we're going to wrap it up. It's Take Me Home Country Roads versus Bill Snyder's Boys. This is a 2-3-M kick. Milan Puskar Stadium, 2-30. Are the cats going to pull it off? I've been picking with my heart all year. I have a pretty a sneaky good feeling about this game, but it's country roads, and it's a clean sweep, I think. Yes, all three of us are taking West Virginia, and I, I, I'm, I'm afraid to say, but I don't think it's going to be close. I not I, sure. I, I just, think it's West Virginia big. Um, I could I w- see that easily. But honestly, if you can make this close, if you are competitive, that might change the trajectory of the entire season because we're going to turn around. We have Texas next week, um, and that's going to be the pendulum game. Um, boys and girls, I think we need to start looking more competitive. We need to start showing some, showing some signs. Otherwise, it's going to be an ugly season. Um, do you have anything else on the game before we wrap it up? This might be my early onset dementia, but I think you might have skipped over the Oklahoma game, but it's going to be a clean oh, sweep anyway. I 100% sw- because I already I already highlighted it. So Oklahoma uh, yeah. does play Army. It's a 6 p.m. game, pay-per-view, uh, respect to the troops, but OU's going to sweep that. Yes, it's a clean sweep. Oklahoma wins, and uh, yeah. All right, final thoughts on the Cats wh- game. I don't know. I- I'm scared, but... I don't know. I always feel slightly confident going against Holgerson. It always seems to at least be close, <sighs> but they're pretty solid, so we'll see. Yep, we're I hope we can cover. 
And if you want to bet the cover, then do it on my bookie. Yep, do it on my bookie. A uh, shout out to uh, good bonehead Asher. He's actually going to West Virginia for this game. Last thing before we sign off, we are flirting with the idea of a possible other tailgate event before the KU game. Please tweet at us. Get a, get in touch if that is something that you would like to happen. If it sounds like you know all the boneheads want to come out before the Sunflower Showdown, we might be a little bit more uh, you know proactive in getting a parking pass. If you guys don't care, let us know that way we won't spend any more money uh we love you guys grant anything else meet me at the cathead sports social podcast network